I said a moment ago, we'll be continuing our uh, Chosen Generation series. You may be seated. You may be seated. I know you've told me that you're glad that you're here tonight, but I want you to look at your neighbor and tell them that you're glad that you're here tonight. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, ushers, so very much. Did you bring your Bibles? Praise God. I hope you brought your Bibles or at least your apostolic phone. I mean, your Apple phone. Sorry. I say that all the time. We're still praying for the Androids. Praise God. I'm only joking. It doesn't really matter which phone you use, I don't guess. I just prefer the, the Apple. A chosen generation, a chosen generation. I'm not going to take long to recap. I'm just going to talk about, we, we introduced uh, First Peter, and uh, we concluded last Wednesday, last Wednesday on uh, what Peter was talking to us about, and he was talking about the certainty or the assurance of our salvation, and I I concluded with, it's preserved by the power of God. It's preserved by the power of God. And today, that's the first thing. Today, I'm going to go into the second thing uh, that makes us certain about our salvation or that assures us of our salvation. And that is, it's proven by trials from God. If you're writing things down, if you want to do that, it's proven by trials from God. First Peter, First Peter chapter 1 and verse 6, as we'll begin this evening, says this, In this you greatly rejoice. You greatly rejoice. You don't have to stand. I'm sorry. You may be seated. If you want to stand, you can, but you don't have to. In this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while. Somebody say a little while. Though now for a little while, if need be, ye have been grieved by various trials. You've been grieved by various trials. Peter, he begins to talk about the trials, the tribulations, the troubles that we go through as believers. Anybody gone through some trials and tribulations in your life? Amen. In verse 6, he gives us four characteristics where I'm going to take some time and talk about these four characteristics of trials and troubles God uses. And the first, the, fir the first one that I want to talk about, and I, I want to say this, I want to preface this. If you are a Holy Ghost filled child of God, you need to hear this tonight. You need to take hold of this. You need to put it in your pocket, uh, get it. Whenever things begin to happen, you need to get this right here. Because there's going to be trials and there's going to be tribulations. Somebody say amen if you believe that. Amen. And it's just the word that's going to talk to us tonight. But the first characteristics, the first characteristic is they are mandatory. They're mandatory. And they are not only mandatory, but it's for a short time. Say mandatory, mandatory. 
momentarily. They're mandatory. It's, you've got to have, we're going to have trials because God's going to give us trials. But the Bible says, look at that, look at that little portion of chapter, or verse 6. It says, though now for a little while. Whenever God says something's going to happen, it's going to happen. So it's mandatory. We're going to have some trials. Amen? But it's going to be momentary. It's not going to be for always. I don't know about you, but that excites me. As a child of God, knowing that there's going to be some trials coming my way. But I know for sure that it won't last forever. Because the Bible tells me, it assures me, though now for a little while. This isn't a permanent sentence. This is not something that's going to last me forever. But it's a temporary, write it down, season. It is a temporary season. I don't talk about that with being naive and it's like I don't know anything about that. I've gone through that. My wife's gone through that. It was only for a little while. Amen. Which means, and this is the scripture that we always quote, that we always talk about, this too shall pass. I stumped my toe. This too shall pass. Someone got mad at me, and they won't stop being mad at me. This, too, shall pass. I've got a bad situation at my job, or I've got a, I don't, this job is not working out. This, too, shall pass. There's better things on the horizon. Amen? And we'll talk about why here in a moment, but this is just a chapter. I need you to get that. I really do. I need us to get that. It's just a chapter in our life. The life that God is writing the story. He's got the pen of a ready writer. He's writing the story. And it's only a chapter. You may not agree with it. You may not like it. You may be really upset about what is happening right now. But are you the author or is he the author? That's the question that we have to ask ourselves. Who is the author? He's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the author and finisher of our life. He is the one that gives us life. In him we live and we move and we have our being. We need to understand, I don't like this. Why do I got to do this? Why, I don't like what's on the horizon. I don't. And we get mad, I don't want to do this. Well, this is a chapter in God's story. And he's writing your life. Let him write your life. Amen. Turn with me. Amen. You can clap your hands. That's fine. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. I want you to go there. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17. Listen to what it says. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Woo! If that doesn't excite you, I mean, just think about it. I don't like the trial. I don't like the situation. But if I go to the Word, that's why it's important to read the Word. That's why it's important to go to the Word of God for everything that begins to happen. We have to because if we don't, 
Then we start acting on our own volition. Get all, all this kind of stuff. We start throwing things. And we get upset. And we're mad. But the Bible says he works out everything for our good. And if we read the Bible, we'll know those things. Again, the second, the second characteristic. They are necessary. The Bible says, if need be. If need be. God doesn't waste our trials or our pain. There is a purpose to the pain. Absolutely. There's a purpose to the pain. I just revert back to Sister Ginger and her diagnosis and the hell on earth, if you will, that we went through that it felt like. But I remember grabbing her hand in the doctor's office and telling her that his glory be revealed. I knew that her and I together are a chosen generation. I knew that he is my savior. Whatever the situation is, whatever the diagnosis is, I've said it, praise God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I've been real excited about tonight, just to let you know. I just remember those things that are going, were, were happening. And I look back to, and I've said this, some, some of you have heard me say this. I want to say that I would have gotten the book more. I want to say that I would have prayed more just on my own. But I don't know for sure. I know that when I heard that, I don't know exactly, Ginger, because I'm not a specialist. I'm going to send you to a specialist. I don't know exactly, but it's looking like leukemia. When those words were spoken to Sister Ginger and I, I had every intention to keep preaching the word. I had every intention to keep reading the word. I had every intention to study the word, but I didn't know that I'd get as deep as I have. It drove me to a place, and it could be that Jesus saw something in me. That he said, that, that lady and that man, they need a trial. And I know that they're going to be able to get through it. And it drove us to a place of reading and studying and praying. Me personally, it did. I know a lot of times she was unable to because of in the hospital and so many hurts and pains and it hurts our feelings to even think about it. But it drives you to a place that, man, I've got to get somewhere with Jesus. You've got to hear me. God, you've got to speak to me from your word. I, I talked to a friend of mine that his wife was going through something. And he said, Darren, did it ever feel like you were hearing nothing? I said, so many times. But it didn't make me, again, I know I use this analogy a lot, throwing the proverbial towel it made me go back because there was too much scripture in my brain. And I was saying, no, this can't, it's not going to be this way. It can't happen this way. And so I'd go back to the word and I would read the word again. I would go back to my knees. I know that it works when you pray because if you seek the face of God, God is going to come bring peace and pass on. This is a storm. I can't. And all of these things would go through your mind. And so you go to the word. And again, here comes that peace. Here comes that help. Matthew Henry said this, God designed 
God's design and affliction, afflicting his people is their probation. The act of proving or testing, not their destruction. Their advantage, not their ruin. Praise God. You might be going through something, but it could be for your advantage, ladies and gentlemen. There may be issues in the home, but sir, it could be for your advantage, not your ruin. Get on your knees like you've never got on your knees before. Lift your hands like you've never lifted your hands before. Worship like you've never worshiped before. Come to prayer meeting and pray like you've never prayed before. Why? Because it could be for your advantage. It's for your proving, your testing. Are you going to give up? Are you going to throw in the towel? Are you going to put your nose to the grindstone and say, no, hey, I'm in this for the long haul. I'm a chosen generation. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Any child of God needs to know this. It's important that we know that God is not an author of pain. But he does allow it. He's not the author of pain, but he does allow it. Trials, troubles, and tribulation are to produce are, are the product of sin-stained world. Of a nasty, gross world. But God uses them for his purpose. The Bible says that he allowed Satan to touch Job. So nothing happens to us without God allowing it. Praise God. God uses trials and troubles to humble us. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. If you have your Bibles close, get them. It says this, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the Abundance of the revelation. A, throne, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. Lest I be exalted above measure. Praise God. God humble me. I'm a chosen generation. It's all right, Lord. You can trust me. Humble me. If it takes me being humbled, I want to be humbled. He uses trials to correct us. 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 30. It says this, For this reason many are wrecked and sick among you, and many sleep. To develop a deeper, for me, for instance, I feel I fall right here, a deeper relationship with him. Philippians 3 and verse 10 it says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. Oh man. To strengthen us. James chapter 1 and verse 2. My brethren count it all joy. Look at your neighbor and say count it joy. Count it joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking 
nothing. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to be strengthened. But we might have to go through something to be strengthened. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. To refine us, First Peter chapter 7, praise God, that the genesis of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tested by fire, may be found to praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy, <laughs> inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Praise God. The third characteristic of trials God uses is they are uncomfortable. The Bible says you have been grieved. You've been grieved. No, it's not supposed to be a bed of roses. It's not supposed to be a tiptoe through the tulips. It's going to be uncomfortable. This is most definitely the understatement of the entire year, last year and this year now. The word grieve refers to not only the physical pain, but also mental anguish. It's the sadness that comes over you, disappointment and anxiety. Can I have a show of hands? Has anybody had any sadness in their life? Has anybody had any disappointment? You've been overwhelmed with anxiety. Anybody been overwhelmed with anxiety before? Praise God. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. I love the King James Version, don't get me wrong, but I just, I love how the new King James Version talks to each and every one of us. When I'm weak, when I'm messed up, when there's, I don't know where to go from here. I don't know, Jesus, how I can go forward. I'm supposed to be a pillar of faith. I'm supposed to be the, the leader of my home. I'm supposed to be able to make it. What? There's hardships. There's persecution. There's troubles. I don't understand. When I'm weak, that's when I can put my hand in the hand of the master, and he makes me strong. I can't make it on my own, Jesus. You lead me. Guide me where I need to go. You, you take me where I, I don't know what to say, but, Lord, you put the words in my mouth. Lord, I don't know how to pray. Lord, you help me pray. God. A.W. Towser said this, it is doubtful when God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. God, I want to be blessed. I want my family to be blessed. 
I want this church to be blessed. I want my home to be blessed. I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen. If that means that I've got to hurt deeply, then I'm a chosen generation. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. Lord, I want to be what you desire me to be. And the fourth one, the fourth and the last characteristic of trials God uses is they are diverse. You have been grieved by various trials. James 1 and verse 2 says this, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. We read that a moment ago. Various trials. Your trials and tribulations will probably look different than your neighbors look. They'll probably look different than your pastor's troubles and tribulations. They'll look different than your, your moms or your dads, your other family members, your co-workers. It's going to look different. They come in different packages. They come in different forms. They come in different names. It may be cancer for one. It may be ulcers for the other. It may be a broken home for one. It may be the death of a child for the other. God forbid any of those happen, but it's important to know that trials and tribulations, they come in all different packages. We are not to compare our trials and our troubles, but I want you to hear this. Why do we have family groups here at Truth Church? We're not to compare our problems. Let's get together, compare our problems. But we are to bear one another's burdens to so fulfill the law of Christ. I'm just going to take a moment and pastor here real quick. Some of you are a part of a family group. You've got a family leader. Respond when they check on you. They love you. I appointed them because I knew that they were well, able-bodied people that love the word of God. They love church. They love his kingdom. Respond when they check on you. When they invite you to be a part of something that's going on here at Truth Church, oh, I can't wait to be there. They're being my hands and my feet. I hope that you wouldn't respond to me like you respond to some of them. Praise God. I shouldn't have done that, but here it goes. <laughs> or I should I say don't respond to some of them. Because they tell me. I don't know. I, we got this group. I, I've had two people, or two of our family leaders talk to me about how there's no response. Well, we're just trying to obey the word of the Lord. We're trying to pattern our church after the word of the Lord. I don't want to be wore out. Right. Amen. Amen. It, don't matter. it doesn't matter what we say. Oh, my goodness. I was not going to do this, but here it goes. I'm, we're going to give them out. I told one of our family leaders I got to give them out again. But it talks about what it, it gives scripture about what family leaders are for. And there's some people that just refuse to do and to be a part. I don't. If I can't talk to pastor, I don't want to talk. That's not what it is. Nobody said you couldn't talk to me. I, I am very, I, I can be talked to. You can come to me about anything. I promise you. But it's just to help us bear one another's burdens. We want to have a pattern from the word of the Lord. And the pattern that you're trying to keep on doing 
got flushed down the proverbial toilet, if you will. And they said, listen, you need to appoint some people to do this. I didn't say that. The Bible said that. And so we adopted that and brought it right here in Truth Church. And those family leaders are to help bear your burden. And they want to, with me, teach your family that you're a part of to help bear your burden. Because this is the issue. Sometimes we come running only when there's a problem. I need you now that my daughter was killed in a car wreck. God forbid. But all the other times we don't need each other. Yes, we do. When you are on the top of your game and everything's going great and you got all the money in the bank, you still need your brother and sister that's sitting in the front behind you or beside you. Amen? That is nowhere in my notes, but there it came. Praise God. Bear the burdens. It's not to talk about our trials and and. Hey, what's your trial? This is my trial. No, it's to, hey, you're going to make it. You're going to be able to get through this. Jesus is still the author and the finisher of your faith. He's still your maker. He created you for such a time as this. There's so many, oh, praise God, I'm about to get on. There's so many times that I find out way after and even I, I'm wondering, hey, do you know where this person is? You know, I have no idea where that person is. I ask a family leader, a family leader says, have you heard from them? No, I haven't heard from them. And then after you've gone through hell and high water, all by your lonesome, we find out that there was brokenness and hurt. Can we obey the word of the Lord together? And you allow me and allow your family group or your family that you're a part of to bear your burden? To be there for you? No, I don't, want, I, I don't want to be too needy. Quit disobeying the word of the Lord. Amen. The word of the Lord says, hey, this is my issue. I need you to help lift me up. And they can come along beside you, put their arm around you. They can just call you every day and say, I'm praying for you. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I'll move on. How should we respond to pain? How should we respond to pain? 1 Peter chapter 7. 1 Peter chapter 7. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials... It will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Verse 8, you love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. Somebody say, I trust him. You rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible Joy, it doesn't get old, ladies and gentlemen. When I read verse 8, it doesn't get old. Praise God. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your soul. Trust him, rejoice. How will your glorious, powerful, 
Resurrection happens is if you have trust in him and you rejoice in him. Do it with, with passion. Do it with joy. Put a smile on your face. No, you're not faking it when everything's going wrong. No, you're not. Listen. I don't know why it's happening. I don't know why this problem is going on. But yes, I'm having a good day. I got breath in my body. I've got food on my table. All hell is breaking loose at my job. But blessed be the name of the Lord. And the reason why is because will be the reward your, the salvation of your soul. The third thing that can make us certain about our salvation. It was predicted by the prophets. First Peter, First Peter 10 and 12, or 10, rather, I'm sorry. First Peter chapter 1, verse 10 through 12. Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired. And search carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating, indicating when he was testifying beforehand the suffering of Christ and that the, glor the glorious that would follow. To them, it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us that were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things, listen to this part right here, things which angels desire to look into. Praise God. The Bible, it talks about roughly 1,200 prophecies in the Old Testament. And conservatively, if you look into it, roughly 300 of those prophecies were fulfilled by Jesus. The first we see is recorded in Genesis. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, I encourage you, if you have your Bibles or the media can go to it, to follow along. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and ye shall bruise his heel. From that moment in time, sin, somebody say sin. Sin entered the picture. Prophets looked earnestly and with longing to the coming Messiah. The closer time got to the coming of Jesus, the louder the prophets spoke and preached because the Spirit was speaking through them. And if I could just pause for a moment, that's happening today. Jesus is coming back very soon. I believe that there are people in this room that you believe that. And every time you have the opportunity to open your mouth, 
you are getting to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're talking about what God is doing. You're reiterating the prophecies came to pass. When it came to his birth, Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 5 through 6, Jesus would be from the line of David. Micah chapter 5, Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. Isaiah 7, 14, Jesus would be born from a virgin. Isaiah 9, a child would be born and the government would be upon his shoulders. Psalm 72, Jesus would be worshipped and given gifts at his birth. When it came to his life, Psalms 40 says this, Jesus would be the perfect, somebody say perfect, the perfect sacrifice. Prophecies, ladies and gentlemen. Isaiah 6, those who heard Jesus' parables would not understand. They would be, that, what does this mean? Isaiah 42, Jesus' message of salvation would also be extended to the Gentiles. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 53, Jesus would be despised and rejected. Zechariah 11 and verse 13, Jesus would be betrayed for measly 30 pieces of silver. When it came to his death and resurrection, Leviticus 17 says, Jesus would die and pour out his blood for the atonement of sin. Numbers 21, Jesus would be lifted up. Psalms 22, Jesus would be forsaken and mocked. And his hands and feet would be pierced. In Psalm 68, Jesus would ascend to heaven. Isaiah 49 in verse 6 says, Indeed, he says, It is too small a thing that you should be my servant to rise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore and preserve ones of Israel. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my Salvation, listen, to the end of the earth. Peter would conclude his thought by saying, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12, things, I had you repeat it, which angels desire to look into. The angelic hosts of heaven are fascinated. They're intrigued and interested by the salvation story, the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody say, I'm a chosen generation. The angels in heaven are fascinated about this. They're intrigued that this is even able to happen. It overwhelms them, no doubt. And one day, they will join the course of the saints around the throne of God. If you would help me, media team, Revelation 5. And if you would stand to your feet, please. Praise God. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. I've got goosebumps on top of goosebumps right now. The living creatures and the elders and the number of them, listen, 
was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for salvation. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you lift your hands all across the building just for a moment? Would you close your eyes and face your head towards the heavens just for a moment? Sir, ma'am, you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. Yes, there's going to be trials. Yes, there's going to be hardships. Yes, there's going to be problems and situations that you're going to go through. Oh, man, but I'm thankful for salvation. I'm thankful for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that I'm going to make it no matter what comes my way. I'm going to place my trust in him and him alone. Oh, tomorrow when trials come, tomorrow when situations come. Place your trust in our Redeemer. Place your trust in the one that created this salvation that went to a cross who was pierced and the angels oh they admire, they wonder oh how great it is the opportunity that you and I have thank you Jesus thank you Jesus. The angels don't even get this opportunity but you saw me and you saw these individuals that stand before you. We're a chosen generation oh hallelujah, hallelujah I don't know why you're going through what you're going through. I don't know why your family is torn apart. I don't know why your job issue is getting worse and worse and worse. I don't know why your sickness seems to be mounting on top of, on top of, on top of. But listen to me. Don't be mistaken. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You're a chosen generation. Oh, would you clap your hands unto Jesus Christ right now? Sir, you stumbled and failed spiritually and you thought it was over for you. No, it's not over for you. You're a chosen generation. You've got an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Oh, you have an opportunity to come back and say, God created me a clean heart. The angels admire that you have that opportunity. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, dad. Come on, husband. I don't know why you're going through what you're going through, but why don't you put your hands to the grindstone, your nose to the grindstone, and say, I'm going to keep on keeping on because I'm a chosen generation. God, you trusted me to be able to go through this, so I'm going to get in your word like I never got in your word. I'm going to study your word. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to be let it be revealed unto me what it is you're trying to do in my spirit and heart. Let it drive you into a deeper relationship. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. I don't know who the Holy Ghost is speaking to tonight. But I would to God that you would let your hands shoot into the air and let the presence and the power of God begin to minister to you right now. 
Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, it's going to look different than your neighbor's. Come on, it's going to be different. Oh, they're not going through that. This person's not going through that. That brother's not going through that. But you are going through that. Could it be that God is trying to chasten you? He's trying to get you on your knees. He's trying to get you to pray and seek his face like you never have before. Oh, it's necessary. Oh, come on, would you lift your voice to him? Let the Holy Ghost speak through you right now. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Come on. Listen to me, sir. Listen to me, ma'am. Your pastor's trials are different than yours. Your pastor gets overwhelmed like you get overwhelmed. But I can't let myself wonder. I can't let my mind wonder. What I got to do is go to his word. You'll never leave me nor forsake me. You'll never leave me begging for bread. God, you've got me. You've got my family. You've got my wife. I don't know why she laid up in a hospital. But God put us to prayer like we've never been before. It caused people to pray that never prayed before. It caused people to serve that never served before. Blessed be his name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Church, I'm not talking about something. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not talking about something I'm naive about. I'm going to tell you something in my DNA. If anybody's going to do it, it's got to be me. That's how I act. That's how I live. And it's, that's how it used to be. But I learned. I learned through sickness. And no, I got to put some I got to put some of this weight on somebody else. I, I need this church. I can't just be the one that preaches and teaches and do, does it all, all the time. I got to have people that bear this burden because I got to take care of a wife. I've got to take care of a kid. I got to try to be a brand new pastor. I'm not talking about something I don't know about. God spoke to me. He changed me. He did something in me. I don't know why we have to have a diagnosis. I don't know why we got to go through all that stuff, but God began to shape and say, hey, put this weight on somebody else. You got a church. They want to bear this burden. You got brothers and sisters in the Lord. Hey, I'm in this with you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying to teach some people in this house tonight that, hey, you got a family of God. Lean on your family. The angels, they don't have the opportunity. They mess up. It's over. Done. No second chances. You fall on your face. You mess up. Guess what? You got a brother or a sister that will come and lift you up in prayer and say, you're going to make it. I'm here with you. You're not going to go to a devil's hell. You're going to pray. You're going to believe. You're going to make it through this situation. So if I could encourage you tonight, don't push your family away. Let them come into your home. Let them come into your situation. You're not all by yourself. You have a family of God. Jesus, we thank you tonight for your word. We're thankful for your word this evening. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, what I cannot do, what I cannot say, oh Lord, I pray that your spirit begin to speak. 
Lord, what your spirit is trying to do right now, Lord, let it continue as they get in their cars, as they drive home, as they lay their head down on their pillow. God, begin to speak to them. Every single person, God, I'm asking, my prayer is this very moment that a tenderized heart would take place in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, that we would receive your word and let it fall on the fallow ground of our heart that we could be made what you desire us to be in Jesus' name. Lord, we're going to commit. We're going to start new right now. We're going we're to look at trials and tribulations and situations differently, oh, Lord, than we ever have before. Oh, it must be necessary that I go through this issue, that I have this problem. Oh, but I'm going to look to your word. I'm not going to trust in myself. I'm going to trust in you, Jesus. Oh, God, cover us in your precious blood that still flows from Calvary. And, Lord, we are careful. We're careful to thank you. We're careful to bless you and to honor your name, Lord, for this opportunity of salvation. Thank you, Lord, for showing us in your word. It's a secure salvation. We can have it, oh, Lord. It's for anybody, oh, Lord. You gave it to the Jews. You gave it to the Gentiles, oh, Lord. We're a part of your bloodline, Jesus, and we thank you, oh, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. One more time, would you clap your hands under the Lord? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, can we just for a moment longer just lift our voices in prayer? Can we lift our voices to him? I believe the Holy Ghost is speaking right now. Come on, church, it's all right. Let's entertain his presence right now. If you want to come around the front, that's just fine. If you want to step in the aisle, that's just fine. But let's entertain the presence and the power of God that's in this place. Come on, he's faithful and just to forgive all sins, sir, ma'am. Why don't you come to this altar? There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Come on, he, you were baptized in his name. You were filled with his spirit. You don't have to be guilty any longer. You don't got to go through a trial process. No, you just got to lift your hands and say, God, create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Let it push me to studying your word more. Let it push me to reading your word more. Let it push me to what you desire to do in me oh lord it's not my will be done but thine be done it's not what i want to do in my actions and my life but god what do you want to do with my life oh hallelujah hallelujah oh god we honor you tonight we praise your name Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I want to encourage us to get in the Word of God. Get in the Word of God. Read it over and over again. Read 1 Peter over and over and over again. And let God begin to speak to you. You're going to see something tomorrow that you didn't see today. You're going to, God's going to reveal something to you tonight that you didn't see during this service. I would to God that you would get in His Word. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you're going to make it. Tell them you're going to make it because you're a chosen generation. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I love each of you very, very much. We thank you so very much for being in the house of the Lord tonight. Please greet one another before you leave.
Remember Sunday morning. Be here on Sunday morning. We're excited to have you. Praise God. If you haven't signed up for Deeper Life, sign up for Deeper Life. Go to our text messages and you can, or Truth Church text message, you can sign up for Deeper Life. God bless you, and we will see you on Sunday morning.